they went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at the teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to evil spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. The word of God. know what the definition of football is? <clears throat> I know it's on everybody's mind. It's basically football is 22 men who desperately need a rest, being watched by millions of people who desperately need exercise. <clears throat> and I also found out first thing this morning that I'm wearing the wrong colors, for which I apologize. I, who knew? I mean, God knows where my heart is. Go Hawks. Okay. <clears throat> we got that out of our system for a moment. My daughter, DJ, loves animals, especially dogs, and she always has. And when she was about four years old, Don and I were walking through a a park, and she spotted a dog, a black lab, that was sitting at its master's feet. And she says, Daddy, Daddy, can I go pet the dog? The dog's owner, who was a young woman, was sitting on the bench there. I said, well, you're going to have to ask the dog's owner. So she asked the dog's owner, and says, can I pet your dog? And the lady says, sure you can. And DJ was so excited that she ran from me towards the dog and the lady, and the dog got all excited and jumped up on her. And there was that moment of, how's this going to work out? How's this going to end? Don went down on a heap and whatnot, but I told her, I said, you know, you can't just run at a dog. They don't know what your intentions are. Instead, you first need to hold your hand out Place it under her nose, and then let her sniff your hand. So, without a pause, she took her hand, stuck it under the woman's nose. <laughs> now, I'm sure if she had thought about it a little bit more, uh, she might have wondered why she had to give the woman a sniff of her hand before she could pet its dog. But... The voice of authority had spoken. Dad said, that's what you do, and she did it. Previous to our text here in Mark chapter 1, we see Jesus calling his first followers. And in today's text, he continues on with his ministry. And if there's a theme of this chapter, chapter 1 of the Gospel of Mark, it could be summed up probably in a word. 
authority. Authority. And time and again in this gospel, people will be in awe of Christ's authority as he taught and as he ministered. And in our sermon series, we're on this section of We See Jesus, and we're going to be looking at some of the character qualities and some of the attributes of Jesus and his time spent here on earth as he ministered to us. And we're going to see and be challenged by what Jesus' qualities were. So let's pray that we will be challenged, that we will be changed this morning, and that we will see Jesus. Dear Lord, as we open your word this morning, change us. Change our attitudes, change our thoughts, change the way that we live our lives, Lord, for your honor and glory. Give us your grace. In your name we pray. Amen. I invite you to open your Bibles, if you don't have them open, to Mark's Gospel. We'll be looking at chapter 1, beginning at verse 21. And as Lisa read that for us this morning, what was the focus? Did you see it there? What was the focus of what was going on? Is it Jesus' teaching? No, not really. Is it the exorcism? No, that's not quite it either. It was his authority. That made his teaching stand out as unique and different. That made his healing power much more powerful. And the people quickly realized that this wasn't a referred authority. This wasn't some sort of uh, authority that you could purchase someplace. That Jesus is authority. And that was something new. We're just a little ways into chapter 1 of Mark's Gospel, and previously we see John the Baptist and his giving witness to this one that would follow him. And then we see Jesus come on the scene and he stop, begins to call people to minister with him. And he first calls Simon and Andrew, and then they follow him. And then he calls James and John, and they leave everything behind. They leave their career behind, and they follow him. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but you don't just set your career aside, your livelihood, to just shrug it off to follow somebody that you don't know or know anything about. But here, just a word from Jesus. They drop everything, and they follow him. There's something compelling about this Jesus. When Jesus spoke, people listened. Several years back, E.F. Hutton used to have commercials, and when somebody would mention E.F. Hutton, there was a hush over the whole crowd, and everybody would cock their ears to hear what was going on with E.F. Hutton. Believe me, this was even more profound. As people cocked their ears to hear what Jesus was saying, what Jesus was talking about. And then we come to our text in verse 21. They're up in Capernaum now. Capernaum's on the north-northwest shore of the Sea of Galilee. When I went on a Holy Land trip, we got to visit a couple of sites there. One was uh, the traditional place of Peter's home. And all that's there now is a steel awning to protect the site as they're doing excavations and so on. But the other thing that was there was a synagogue. The synagogue that's there that you see today is actually a 4th century synagogue, but it's built on what was believed to be the site of the original synagogue where Jesus taught. 
And one of Mark's favorite words that you've got to become acquainted with as we go through chapter 1, because it appears six times in this brief chapter, is the word immediately. Immediately. There's action here. And Mark, it just you get the feeling that Mark wants to share about this incredible person that he encountered named Jesus and wants to share the stories, and he can't wait to start the next one. He hardly finishes, and immediately something else happens. The word in the Greek is euthus. And in most of our translations, it doesn't appear that way. Sometimes they say straightway or shortly after or just an expression, but it literally means immediately. And here in this story, Jesus went to the synagogue and immediately began to teach. And in that day, there were no professional teachers or pastors per se, but lay people, scribes, Pharisees, teachers of the law. They are the ones that would be assigned different days to teach, to come and to share, or to read Torah. And so let me ask you, what do you think about Jesus' first sermon as the Scripture was read for you, or as we look at the text right now? What, what do you think of Jesus' first sermon? Pretty powerful, huh? Is there a lot there about his sermon? Most of you are saying, hey, this is Seahawks Sunday. I wish that he was preaching here today. Yeah, not a word is recorded in the text of what his sermon was about. Nothing. Nothing to titillate our ponderings. Not a clue. But while we don't know what he taught, we do know how he taught. And how was it? As one having authority. He taught as one having authority. And in verse two, 22, what were the people's reaction to that? Ha, they were amazed. They were flabbergasted. They were surprised, astounded, astonished, whatever. In the Greek, it literally meant, uh, the word literally means there, knocked out. And in today's vernacular, it would be, knocked their socks off. They were spellbound by what they were hearing. The synagogue was kind of parallel to the church today. You had some good sermons, and you had a few turkeys now and then. You have people checking their watches for the Seahawks start, wondering how they're going to get home in time, wondering how they let their wives talk, and in some cases husbands, talk them into coming to church this morning. Preachers then, as today, appealed to God's authority to speak God's truth. But there was something different on this day at synagogue. Jesus spoke as one having authority. He was authority. He captured their attention. I was playing a game of pickup basketball at a college on the East Coast many years ago. And I was playing with some, some of the profs there, and I was playing with some of my friends. And I popped my knee out of joint, and I was in excruciating pain. It really, really hurt. And my professor, Manfred Brock, he took me to the infirmary there, and there was one of the trainers in the office, and so he asked him for some ice to put on the knee. And the trainer responded by saying, I'm very, very sorry, but uh, I cannot give you any ice. Uh, did you run out? No, we've got ice. Oh, then I need a bag of ice. No, I'm sorry. The rules are the rules. Well, listen, I'm a professor here. Uh, how about if you give me some ice and a cup of water and I, so I can have a cold drink? 
And he says, I- I'm so sorry, but unless he fills out the proper insurance forms and you can prove that he's actually a student here at the college, which I wasn't, I was a student at the seminary, but that didn't count. Manfred said, hey, come on, you know, cooperate. That rule is there for some reason, but right now we just need some ice on his knee. My eyes were kind of rolling back in my head. I thought I had lost him somewhere back there. And this young trainer said, I'm sorry, but rules are rules, and I have to do what I've been told to do. And in my pain and a little bit of anger, I must confess, as we were hobbling out uh, the door, I said, North Park University would have given me ice. Now, for those of you who don't know, that's the Covenant College, and I wasn't at the Covenant College, but I was just going to reach for something in my anger. North Park, they would have given me ice. It was a petty wielding of power. Laws over people. Jesus was authority. And it was and is today all about people. As people were listening with rapt attention, all of a sudden, Iochus, immediately. Verse 23, the man stands up in the crowd. He cries out in a loud voice, right in the middle of Jesus' teaching. A bit disconcerting, I can imagine. Can you imagine it? Eyes trained intently listening on Jesus. And then all of a sudden, this man stands up. When Kellen was in Michigan, I was ministering, and I was preaching uh, one Sunday. And a man got up in the middle of service, walking towards me, talking rather loudly, mumbling some language that I could not understand. Um, I don't know if it was a language or if it was just babbling. And he handed me some sort of token, which I took and set it on the pulpit. And then he went back and mumbled and mumbled and sat down. It's easy to be a little bit off your stride after that. And I had to wonder, you know, the situation here. In verse 24, it says that there were shouting at Jesus. It was the demons within this man. What do you want with us? Literally, what do we have in common? Or in the Wild West vernacular, this town ain't big enough for the two of us. And the demons are just screaming out. And Jesus goes on, as the demons are exclaiming, you are the Holy One of God. You are the Holy One of God. The demon within this man recognized Jesus' authority. And in verse 25, Jesus says, be quiet. In, In the Greek, it's the word for be muzzled. Come out of him. Nothing, not even demon powers can stand up to Jesus. And then in verse 26, what happens? It starts to convulse. And then the demons come out of him with a shriek. It's quite a sermon illustration, wouldn't you say? And then in verse 27, once again, the people were what? Even the evil spirit obeys this person. They were asking, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Even the demons obey him. Who is he? Verse 28, Mark's favorite word. Euthus, immediately, the action goes on. You can't stop there. 
And it says that he went out spreading the news throughout the region, throughout the area. Now, it's 2,000 years since these people asked, who is this guy? But the same question they asked, Mark intends for us to ask today. Mark intends for us to ask the question, who is this guy? Who is this Jesus Christ? Who is this one who speaks to my soul like no one ever could? Who speaks as if he has the right to speak? Who knows what is wrong with me? Knows my demons? Knows my hurts? Knows my addictions? Knows my weaknesses? Knows my deepest needs? Who is this that wants to speak to me? to expel my demons, to set me free, to release me from my own captivity. Who is this guy? And note in verses 23 and 24 who it was that testified to the truth of who Jesus was. It was the very demons. They know who Jesus is. They know that he has authority and had authority over them and obeyed him when he said to come out. The real question for each of us is not so much, who is he, but how will I respond to who he is? Jesus is the authority. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our Lord. And the question for every man and woman and boy and girl that's here today is, what will I do with this knowledge? How will I respond to the authority of Jesus? Will I accept it or will I reject it? Will I submit or will I rebel? And if you've never accepted Jesus, what keeps you from doing so this morning? This could be the first step in a new life. There's a story about a man a number of years ago made the headlines because he got into his boat and was headed towards Catalina Island, which is only 22 miles offshore from where he was, where he launched his boat. And it was kind of a contemporary Gilligan's Island, if you will, except that he missed the island. And 2,500 miles later, mind you, he's only had to go 22, but 2,500 miles later, he ends up on the coast of Costa Rica, and he actually survived the ordeal which kind of proves the adage that men never will ask for directions. <clears throat> but in all seriousness, I couldn't help but think it's an analogous to the human predicament that we find ourselves in. You see, humans look for meaning to life. And the world makes it look easy. Fame, drugs, and money, and power, and sex, and on and on the list goes. Just 22 miles away, and you can have this. And yet we end up going miles out of our way. See, Christ said that I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. If you would like to begin to know this guy, if you would like to be set free from your demons, those things of life which have sucked you in, that are out of control, habits you want to get rid of, addictions or struggles you want to be released from, I invite you today to take that first step. Our closing song we'll be singing in a moment above all, says that Christ took the fall. He paid the price. Why? 
because he thought of you and me above all. You may ask, how is it that I could begin this this journey? How is it that I could understand Christ's authority and His power in my own life? You simply need to submit to something beyond yourself, to Christ, and to admit that you're tired of being your own authority because it's just not working. And then you need to be willing to believe Jesus Christ is the authority. Then you need to just confess your wrongs, your failures, your shortcomings, your sins, and believe that Christ will and has forgiven those sins and claim Him as your Savior and Lord. And then guess how verse 29 of Mark starts? encourage you to go home and read the rest of the story. Let's pray. God, thank you for your love. And if there's somebody this morning that wants to pray for you to be the authority of their life, may they do that. And then may they tell a Christian brother or sister or call the church here let us know so that we can help walk the path together. We pray this in your name. Amen. The ushers can come forward to collect the morning offering. Would you go ahead and stand and sing with us?